Hi, this is Suna Rose Wagner of the Ravenettes, and you're listening to C-Jam 99.1 FM, Windsor, Detroit. Jam Radio 99.1 FM. We are now reaching higher ground in Windsor and Detroit. You are listening to Wind City Sports with Drake Lamore. We are here every Thursday live on CJAM at 8 p.m. Replays Wednesday at 4 p.m. You can hear archive shows on cjam.ca or on soundcloud.com slash Sports. We also have our Facebook and Twitter. That are all plug at the end of the show as always. This is the show where we speak to athletes and coaches, entrepreneurs in the sport field and recreation field in Windsor. Today we're going to be talking to someone who has been in the martial arts community for many, many years in Windsor and has traveled around the world competing in karate competitions. Today we have Norm Rebard of Kihon Karate on Wind City Sports. He's going to be joining us uh, in a few moments live in the studio. I'm sure it'll be a great conversation. But first, I'd like to give a shout-out to our Windsor Lancers Athletes of the Week. Congratulations to Tyler Prasad and Kristen Lawrence, who was a guest on Wind City Sports back in October. Tyler of the men's basketball team helped the team to a pair of victories over the York Lions and Queen as he scored 13 points and 7 rebounds against York, and then followed up on Saturday with a solid defensive performance of 7 rebounds. Kristen Lawrence of the women's hockey team scored two goals and two assists over two games with the Lancers. She also scored the opening goal on Wednesday against the Varsity Blues and winning a goal in a 5-0 win against the Ryerson Rams on Sunday. She assisted on three of the four other goals, propelling her to the top spot as the OUA leading scorer with 14 goals. Congratulations to the both of them on their accomplishments this week. So aside from that, we have a little bit of Windsor Express and Windsor Spitfire news to talk about after our interview with Kihon Karate's own Norm Rebart. Um But the Spits are playing right now at the WFC Center. I'm speaking a little bit about that. Uh, but first, we have to hear a little word from CGM. And then following that will be our interview with Kihon Karate's Norm Rebart. Don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be right back. CJAM is current. CJAM's current affairs spoken word programming is designed to bring you ideas, information, and news from the underrepresented segments of our community. Our programmers are passionate about the issues they cover, and we're committed to bringing focus to information, ideas, news, and dialogue that challenges the South Coast. CJAM 99.1 FM, redefining radio in Windsor, Detroit, and worldwide. Online at www.cjam.ca. All right, I'm back here in the studio at C-Jam with Norm Rivard of Kihon Karate. Thank you for joining me, sir. Hey, Drake. How are you doing? Thanks for inviting me today, Very buddy. good. So we're going to be talking some karate, some martial arts. Uh, first off, as always, we'd like to do a background on my guests. So we'll just talk about how you got started into karate or the martial arts field, whatever discipline you started sure. training, and just tell me your story. Well, um, I did judo 
I did judo from a young age, and uh, I started judo when I was uh, seven years old, and I did it until I was 20 years old, and when I was about 18, 19, I was pretty proficient. I went to the Ontario Games, I went to the Canadian Championships, and judo is a real good art for self-defense. However, how it was taught to me, or how it's taught popularly, is, is as a sport. So one night, is typical to young Windsor men here in the city, I got into a little Donnybrook down at the McDonald's on... Uh, <laughs> On Goyu and Wyandot, and uh, some young guy, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't finish the fellow with my judo. The guy attacked me. I threw him like I was taught, <clears throat> and he got back up and whooped my. So uh, I said, okay, I might have to learn how to punch and kick here. So I started me into karate, and I was about 19, 18, 19 anyway. So I started in judo first, and did, went as far as I could in that around here, and then um, started in karate uh, under. Um, Mady's Ishinru Karate School, one of the longest running and most successful karate schools in the city. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Hanshi Mady if he's listening. He's uh, one of my first, uh, my first, in, first instructor. Mady's Karate School was uh, was the only other karate school besides Taekwondo in the city since Mr. Chase Chase's karate was Taekwondo. So I started in the karate and we did that for a few years and then um, back then. In the early 80s, uh, the only type of karate that was really av- available to compete in was sport. Sport is like point karate. It was touch, and basically that's it. Whoever touches the other guy first wins. They call those touches controlled punches, quote-unquote. But um, it's not realistic. So I soon segued into a full-contact version of karate, which is called knockdown karate, which is a basically a, a bare-knuckle karate, full-contact bare-knuckle I started that when I was in my 20s, and I carried on with that. I uh, had a lot of success with that. I fought in Japan in the 90s. I'm two-time United States Shidokan champion out of Chicago. They're the ones that sent me to fight in the world tournament in Osaka, Japan. And uh, that's about it. I have a professional <laughs> record of 88-7. and seven. Um, We used to compete about three or four times a year, and at every competition you'd log about two or three or four fights, so it was easy to rack up fights back then. And um, I, I, competed, uh, I competed actively till I was about 40, 41, and then I uh, just didn't get fun anymore to compete. You have to be at a different intensity mm-hmm. to compete. You have to really, really want to win. And I really, really enjoyed training, but I was sitting in the, I was in the ring one year, and I was getting ready to fight. <clears throat> I was in New York, getting ready to compete. And I looked over at a guy two or three rows from ringside. And he had his girlfriend under his arm. And he had a cold beer in the other hand. And I was realizing that I'd rather be over there than in the ring at that moment. And I realized, okay, maybe I'm getting near the end of my competitive career. So uh, I still like to train. I still like to hit the bag and spar with the guys down at the gym. But my my competitive career was over. So now, at 50 years old, I uh, I, I train um, fighters um, out of the entire school the majority of our school does not compete the majority of our school just trains for the love of training mm-hmm. but there's always them young men uh, that want to test their strength and that's what young men do they want to see am I strong we all have that question in us can I do it am I strong do I have what it takes and competition is a is a, is a safe way <laughs> you know, within reason, yeah. when you're fighting full contact, bare knuckle, safe is a bit of a, a misnomer. Yeah. So that's that's my background, essentially. Cool. And I'm uh, a nice guy. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, so first off, I gotta ask, kind of step back, uh, how did you end up in Japan? Like, how did they, uh, they invite you over or what? Because uh, <coughs> very cool culture over there in regards to fighting and, and MMA. Uh, so I'm just curious on that. How did I end up over there? Yeah. There's um, different organizations that do karate, right? You've got different karate styles. You have Taekwondo, you have Shotokan, uh, and there's a style called Shidokan, and their American affiliate is in Chicago. So actually, I'd only been fighting for a couple years, and they called me. They had seen me fight in a few videos and stuff like that. And they said, look, we're just getting this off the ground in America. It's a Japanese system. Um, we're out of Osaka. But these are the American guys calling me. Okay. And they said, uh, we're, you know, we're from Chicago. It was a friend of mine named Eddie Oshimura, who's a, a Chicago gang squad cop. And he said, look, we're trying to get this thing off the ground. Would you be interested in competing in our tournament? Well, I'd only been competing for a couple years. So, yeah, I was real hungry. So they took care of me, you know, on expenses. It wasn't a big deal, but it made me feel professional. It made me feel like a big deal. So they brought me in for the first few years. And I won every year for the first couple of years. So, yeah. So um, they said, look, we're going to put together an American team to represent America in Japan. You know, we know you're Canadian, but it's kind of like a North American yeah, quote-unquote yeah. team. So would you be on it? Well, hell yeah. That was my, that was my dream, too, to go over there, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's how I ended yeah, up over there. And you're competing against Japanese we're competing against everybody. Yeah, everybody. There were a guy. I fought a guy from England. I fought a guy from Japan. Uh, well, the, the majority, the overwhelming majority, were Japanese fighters. But there were guys from in, any any group anywhere the, anywhere where the Shidokan organization was planted. Shidokan organization is an, is a is a st- well storied historical old system. You know, yeah, so they had a lot of affiliates. They have uh, the Middle East, Israel, Europe, Romania, England. North America was who I was representing, and that's how it kind of branched out from there, and that's how I ended up over there. That's pretty. It wasn't sweet. there over. It wasn't over there very long. They yeah. also sent me to Hawaii. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I ended up fighting. I wouldn't have been able to go to these places. I'm not trying to be a bragger. It's just I wouldn't have been able to experience all these places without having been sent by these people. Mm-hmm. It was a different time, different place, right? Like it wasn't as big as it is now, where you have so many people competing where they could just pull guys like, you Well, know. actually, um, it's the opposite of that because what we do now, what we did was called Knockdown Karate. So if anyone listening to this, if you want to YouTube, this is Knockdown. It's full contact, bare knuckle karate. So they don't punch the face because they got no gloves on their hands. Um, or like those of you that are listening, Muay Thai. Everyone knows Muay Thai, right? Muay Thai is a full contact system where they punch and kick, but they wear gloves. We do the exact same rules without gloves, but we don't punch the face. Mm-hmm. We punch the body. We kick the face. You can knee the okay. face, but you can't punch the face. It's still a sport, believe it or not. So th- back then when I was competing, the number of MMA wasn't around. So everybody who wanted to fight, there was no MMA. Everyone went into these type of things, bare knuckle, knockdown, boxing. So there was three times as many competitors in what I did then the numbers have actually mm-hmm. fallen off in knockdown because a lot of the guys or some of the guys at least 50 percent have moved on to mma mm-hmm. where back in the day there was no mma so all them people were fighting knockdown interesting and when i say knockdown i mean the, the full contact yeah. bare knuckle karate a specific uh, so there were much more were competitors mm-hmm. back then than there were now interesting so yeah i just wanted to talk about how like a guy from windsor ends up in japan competing for which is huge that's cool. huge that's yeah, like, it was real cool like over there it's like Top athletes, you know, mm-hmm. top of the line. So, it's their culture. Yeah, exactly. It's That's their culture. Mean. They were really respectful. They didn't boo. They always applauded. And they're just zoned into the. Yeah, they're into fight, their. Yeah. Uh, they're in. You know, karate is a Japanese martial art. Okinawan Japanese martial art. Um, 
they're very respectful. Win or lose, they're applauding you. You know, they they appreciate yeah. the good performance. It breaks my heart literally when I watch a fight in the UFC now, and I and I listen to the to the drunks and all the wannabe boring, tough guys and the boring, boring booing. Man, you don't know what it's. You got to be a yeah. man of courage, and you got to have big stones to get in that ring and know that you've got a chance of coming out crippled or broken. Mm-hmm. And when people boo them, it hurts me. And that just doesn't happen in Japan. Mm-hmm. And even like for me, when you see them go to the ground, people are oh, that's stupid, get off. It's like, well, just wait and see what they're going to do. Yeah, that's, that's your uneducated uh, crowd. Exactly, yeah. Um, so yeah, like I said, uh, Windsor guy moving on to Japan's big things. Um, so you've been involved in the martial arts industry in Windsor your, your whole life, basically. So I want to talk about how it's evolved specifically in Windsor. Like you said, when you started, you had judo was probably like a big YMCA thing. It was everywhere, right? And then you had mateys and maybe the odd Taekwondo, whatever, right? So just tell me about how you've seen it grow in specifically in Windsor and even Ontario. Sure, yeah. Windsor, you know what? Windsor's not special, unique, or different for all my Dr. Bob fans out there. It's not special, unique, or different in the sense that it, it just mirrored the way it growed throughout North America. So in, in the beginning, you had judo was extremely popular, and you had the, the scattering of karate schools. Taekwondo was huge, and still was, was huge and still is, but everyone did Taekwondo, the high kicks. And Ishinru was used to advertise itself as more of a realistic, quote-unquote, fight system, which it was, but that's how they used to brand themselves. So you had, in the city of Windsor, you had Taekwondo, which was big, you had three or four schools, and you had Ishinru, which was essentially Mr. Mady's Karate, who was who was the, the lone wolf. I mean, he wasn't the first Ishinru. There was uh, Sensei Markovich and Lloyd Russett and all these guys, but Al Mady really was instrumental in the growth and making it popular. He really did... I want to say all, but I hate to use a blanket statement, but a ton of the legwork to get Ishinu known in the city of Windsor. So he was the only, other side of Taekwondo, he was the only game in town. So me and my friends, we gravitated, gravitated towards Mr. Mady's karate. So we then we segued into the knockdown, like I explained, and we did that because there was nothing else. I mean, boxing was always around. And then the MMA come around. And that was just like uncharted territory. So everyone wants to be an MMA. Oh, let me back up. Sorry. It wasn't MMA first. It was jiu-jitsu. Okay. After the knockdown. Mm-hmm. Okay. After the knockdown, which lasted for eight to ten years, then Muay Thai had a real quick had a real quick resurgence. Muay Thai got big. Uh, my friend Gary Dunn, give a shout-out to Gary. He was a firefighter in, in Windsor, protecting lives. He, uh, he opened a gym, a Muay Thai gym, but it wasn't long-lasting. Uh, jiu-jitsu followed right on its heels because of the Hoist Gracie phenomenon. Everyone saw Hoist, who was a little scraggly guy, whooping, whooping, huge dudes. And everyone said, what's this? Jiu-jitsu, what's this? So the jiu-jitsu phenomenon exploded around 95. 93 was the first UFC, but it was about 95 that exploded. Mm-hmm. And then, so you had a few jiu-jitsu schools. Not too many in the city of Windsor, but, you know, um, but it was growing. In, in the city of Windsor, you had jiu-jitsu pioneers like Dean Hirsch. God rest his soul. He's passed away now, but he was a he was a jujitsu pioneer here in the city, and he started taking lessons then, and so the jujitsu blew up. And then it was maybe ten years after that that the MMA took over yeah. from the jujitsu because now people are mixing the two. They're mixing the jujitsu with the boxing with the wrestling. So jujitsu wasn't the king of the hill anymore because people were learning jujitsu. You had wrestlers learning jujitsu and boxers learning jujitsu. So everyone knew jujitsu now, not just the jujitsu guys. 
and uh, and that's basically how Windsor went too. Is is the exact same thing. Mateys was huge. Then after Mateys, um, the knockdown phenomenon, and then there wasn't much jujitsu in the city. But then the MMA, and now we have a, a a handful, maybe one or two MMA schools in the oh, city. Yeah, there's, so there's, they're everywhere. Yeah, they're everywhere now. That's when, that's what me and my brother talked about when he was on the show, and that was a big thing because we're predominant in jujitsu, right? Mm. So. That was a big topic. It was like back in the day, even when we were kids, right? We went to Kersey's, Mateys, and pretty much every kid that we knew rather did like karate or hockey or soccer, mm-hmm. right? No one was doing jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Now you see a lot of jujitsu schools. I even ha- I used to work at a BMR, and this guy he said, "My son's in jujitsu." So we would start talking. And it was like, "Oh, my son, he was like eight or something." It's crazy. Well, I think in the back in the day you had about you had Chang Ho's karate schools, you had Taekwondo schools, you had Sensei Mateys karate schools. And then, but now you've got equally as amount of jujitsu. Yeah, that's now what you've got Tecumseh jujitsu with Eric yeah. Marinted, who's a great grappler. You've got uh, what's the one I'm thinking of on Tecumseh Road with, um, uh, with Windsor jujitsu. Two Windsor jujitsu. Yeah, you have Central Combat Central jujitsu. So you got about five different jujitsu schools mm-hmm. in the city. So it's 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 experiencing the same type of growth and popularity that karate did in the original days. It's awesome. It's cool. So let's talk about your school now. Um, cool. How long? It's Kihon Karate, right? Uh, tell me all about it. How long you've been doing it? Where you guys are located? Sure. <clears throat> Kihon Karate is um, is a bit of a hybrid system because we all came from the Ishinru background. Because Ishinru was the only game in town and a good game, we all had that background of Ishinru. So we have that type of punching, kicking in our in our background. But because of my judo background, I went so far in judo and judo and jiu-jitsu are essentially the same art. Mm-hmm. You know, I dare say they're the same art with an emphasis on the different on the different aspect. Jiu-jitsu, they have takedowns and they have groundwork, but they emphasize the groundwork. In judo, they have takedowns and they have groundwork, but they emphasize the throws and the takedowns. But judo has all the submissions and all the all the arm locks and chokes that jiu-jitsu has, and jiu-jitsu has all the throws that judo has. It's just what they choose to emphasize. Mm-hmm. So what Kyo and Karate is is um, something that we put together about – it's about – 50 years old, we established it in 74, where we wow. took our judo background, because that's what we really are, we're judo people from judo Canada, and we, we combined it and we we mixed it with our karate background, which we had great success with in the knockdown field with the bare knuckles, and so we said, what works? What works and what can we use safely to perpetuate this art? Because where a lot of guys will say, yeah, I like getting hit, I'm a, yeah, it doesn't bother me, but then they don't show up. You know, they're, they're, they're tough guys when they're having their beer at the, at, the, at the university pub, but when you ask them to come train, they don't show up. No one wants to get hit in the face. No one does. So what we did is we developed a system where we could punch and kick hard and develop a strong punch and a kick because that's what's going to help you in self-defense situation with safety, so we wear large boxing gloves. We, everything's full contact, but we wear a large boxing glove. We punch the body, so you're feeling it's no more violent, no more physical than hockey. There's a difference between violence and physical. We're no more physical than hockey. So what we do is we're predominant. We're a karate system. We wear the white pajamas. They call a gi. We we um, we we hold to all the um, same customs and and traditions of karate schools. Uh, we look like karate people. But unlike karate people, we can grapple almost as good as jiu-jitsu people. We, um, we're affiliated. We're good friends with the Eric Marinted and, uh, and the Tecumseh Jiu-Jitsu. He's a, I consider him a, a friend. And he'll come to the karate school and we'll work out and he'll show us stuff. So I think Keon Karate is unique in the sense that 
it's the only karate system that I'm aware of that combines the punching and kicking of karate and the grappling of jiu-jitsu in the same art. You can go to you can go to karate schools and learn jiu-jitsu on the off day. You can go to jiu-jitsu schools and come in on Saturday or Sunday night and learn punching, but we're the only system that's unique that has both punching and kicking or mixed martial arts within the same system. When you get a black belt under my karate system, it's not mine. It was it wasn't established by me. It was established by my instructors, but the one I'm teaching, you're getting a black belt in punching and kicking, and you know how to grapple as well. <clears throat> so I think that's what's unique about us. Cool. Very cool. Um, and I see you on Facebook a lot. You said you don't um, compete yourself anymore, but I've seen you taking groups out. I think you went to New York or something. So, yeah, we do New York frequently. So uh, if someone is training with you, kind of in the right spot to move on to karate competitions and whatnot, right? So if you want to speak a little bit about traveling yeah. to what tournament. We, and what we do, it's called knockdown karate, yep. knockdown fighting. This is knockdown on YouTube. It's a bare-knuckle way to compete. It's, believe it or not, still illegal in, in Ontario. It's legal in Quebec, but illegal in Ontario, even though we have professional MMA. Figure that one out. Okay, so tournaments. Um, tournament, because of what we do in Knockdown Karate is illegal in Ontario, we have to travel other places. Mm-hmm. So the closest we've found, there's a large group of like-minded people who are you know, strong and tough as nails. But the most important thing, they're good people. And they train up in upstate New York, Syracuse, Albany, Rochester. So we visit them at least once a year, more likely twice. And then there's other stuff going on in Quebec. It's a little bit too far to go, but we still make the trek. And then there's stuff down in Alabama, Oxford, Alabama, Florida, and Georgia, down in there. We haven't made that trip yet. And we went to California and Sacramento. So there's not a lot of opportunities to fight but we find two or three, two or three opportunities a year to compete. Out of the 65, 70 people that are training at the karate school, the overwhelming majority of the people that train don't compete. And yeah. that's cool. Yeah. That's like the one percenters. I mean, the young men between 18 and 30, they want to get it on and just see what they can do. And that's cool. But the overwhelming majority of people that we have don't compete. I'd also like to address... Um, a little bit off topic with competitions, yeah, is fine. women's karate. Okay. <clears throat> I think karate, teaching a woman how to be strong and punch and kick and handle herself is hugely important, hugely important. And so what I've done is I've made it, um, I made it a priority at Keon to, uh, to facilitate that demographic. I don't think it's being um, catered to. I think women are strong, they're independent, and they just need uh, and then someone to show them how to do things correctly, and they'll take off and they'll be successful all by themselves. So we really try to um, cater, actually. I mean, we have three bathrooms. We have three washrooms in the karate school, and I've given two of the, of the three just to the women. So they're all professionally clean, and they're, they're, they're really nice. They have all the amenities for a woman. And so my focus is on is, is trying to make the ladies happy and, 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 pro- and promote uh, self-defense and education and health among that community, but there's still there's fights for ladies. We um, have ladies that work out in our karate school that also compete, and men that compete. But it's not our priority. Our priority is uh, is fitness, health, self defense, and just training and enjoying your training for the sake of training's sake. There's a lot of guys. My brother in law. There's a lot of guys. My brother in law plays uh, recreational hockey on the weekends. He has no 
He has no misgivings. He's not playing for the Wings or the Leafs. He knows this. Yeah. But still, he enjoys to play hockey yeah, on the weekend. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Well, how, but people don't think like that in martial arts. People think, well, if I'm not competing, well, I guess I'm done. No. Yeah. Go to the gym. Hit yeah. the bag. Spar. Roll. Do it, do it because you enjoy doing <clears throat> yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You don't have you to can do, do it, it forever. Like, Absolutely. You know, like. in, and in Japan, they do. A lot of little – lot of in Japan, you see a lot of teetering old men come out there. They look like little – little frail little guys and they put their karate geese on or their judo outfits and they're throwing people and punching people and you're like there you go they're they're benefiting from all the benefits the health benefits of martial arts mm-hmm. that's what i mean that's one reason that i do it it's exercise and it's fun and, and it's, it's fun good, and it's good self-defense and that's the key drake yeah. it's fun i enjoy doing it so i'm gonna do it. i'm not here to impress anybody or you like exactly that. and we wouldn't do it if we didn't like it right that's right all right man uh so to wrap things up sure just Give us a little plug on Kihon Karate. Where can we find you? And uh, best way to contact you. Sure, sure. So my name is Norm Revard, and I can be uh, contacted at 519-817-4777. No crank phone calls now, just about karate. <laughs> Don't be ordering no pizzas. And um, we're on Facebook at uh, Kion Traditional MMA. And we have a website, and I, uh, I'm really proud of the website. It's KionKarate.com. Kion is spelled K-I-H-O-N, Kihon keonkarate.com so we keep that updated all what's going on in the school and uh, yeah give me a holler come on down and we'll go through an intro class watch a class go through an intro class which is a one on one for about half an hour we punch and kick and do a little grappling so you get a feel for um, for what we do and uh, if you dig it that's fantastic we'll get you lined up and get you a pair of boxing gloves and get you on the mat right after that right on it's easy as that and like you said it's fun enjoyable most important thing all right, thank you very much. You got anything else to say? Or? No, I'll say thanks, Drake, for giving me this opportunity to, uh, to talk. It's been fun. Yeah, it's been a great conversation. Thanks for coming out, man. Okay, there you go. Uh, thank you again to Norm Revard for coming into the studio here on the campus of University of Windsor uh, to have that conversation with me. And if you're interested in Knockdown Karate, check out his social media uh, and website or just pop into the gym and see what it's all about. We're going to move on to a little bit of other news in regards to sports in Windsor. We have a big trade in the Windsor Spitfires. Earlier this week, General Manager Warren Reichel announced that the Spitfires have picked up right winger Jeremy Bracco from Kitchener. In exchange, the Spitfires have given up right winger Cole Carter and defenseman Drew Burns, along with Windsor's second round picks in 2023, 2024, and 2025 to the Kitchener Rangers. They also get the Rangers' 8th round pick in 2017 and Kitchener's 13th round pick in 2018. Brocco was part of Team USA, who just won the gold medal in the IIHF World Hockey Championship. He is 19 years old and was a second round pick to the Toronto Maple Leafs, 61st overall in 2015. Yet another good pickup for the Windsor Spitfires. He knew that they were making room for something in regards to trading their captain a week or two ago. And that has to be it. As yesterday was the OHL trade deadline, they can no longer make any moves to build their team towards the Memorial Cup. But as mentioned at the beginning of the show, the Windsor Spitfires are at the WFCU Center as I speak right now playing the Kitchener Rangers, who they had just acquired Jeremy from. It is probably... First intermission, maybe beginning of the second period right now. So tune in to Kojiko Cable 11 if you want to watch the game. And then tomorrow, the Windsor Express return to the WFCU Center. They will be taking on the Waterloo Titans. A lot of Windsor, or sorry, uh, Waterloo Kitchener presence in Windsor. 
over the next two days. Tickets available online or at the box office at the WFSU Center, which is now only open on game days. But that's going to begin to wrap things up here on Wind City Sports, the January 12th edition of Wind City Sports, the second show in 2017. We hear every Thursday on CJAM 99.1 FM at 8 p.m. and replays Wednesdays at 4 p.m. You can hear every single one of our previous shows on soundcloud.com slash windcitysports or simply search Wind City Sports on the SoundCloud app and you should be able to find it. Or on cjam.ca, you go to cjam.ca, click on programming, find the schedule, uh, hit Thursday and find Wind City Sports at the 8 p.m. slot and you'll have the last five or six episodes on there, uh, both on SoundCloud and cjam.com, able to download and take on the go. We also have a Facebook if you search Wind City Sports or facebook.com slash Sports. On Twitter, our handle is at cjamsport. You will find Wind City Sports. On both of those, we post our shows immediately after they air. So in a few moments, you will see this show on the Facebook and Twitter. And also like to keep you updated on some upcoming events and news going on in the sport world in Windsor. We will be back next week here on C-Jam with Brandon Kearney of the Windsor Express. We're going to be speaking to him. He is a Detroit native and former Michigan State basketball player. That'll be next Thursday, January 19th, just one day before their game at the WFCU. Actually, between games, they have a game on Wednesday and Thursday next week. But that's all she wrote for today, folks. Don't forget to check out the roundtable on C-Jam, showcasing interviews with Lancer athletes. Uh, Until next week, take care. Peace out.